What I really want to talk about is, you know, what what your life has been up to this point. You know, you've had a few years of all different, a range of things. Um, we've spoken in the past about, you know, where you came from after school and uh, where you are now. It's like pretty next level. So a lot of experiences. So, you know, tour... So what did you do straight out of school? So straight out of high school, um, left high school in year 10. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't for me. Um, I'd like to say it was my own decision to leave, but it wasn't. Really? <laughs> I got asked to leave school. Asked to leave? Yep. Uh, well, who? What, the teachers and all that? Yeah, the principal. I was a bit of a... The bit principal? Of a, bit of a shit kid. Um, the principal's office. Hey? You were in the principal office a lot. All mate. the time. <laughs> That's where I spent most of my learning in there. <laughs> All my learning. Um, so I left high school in year 10 and then went to a, a place called the Australian Technical College. It's changed now. But what it basically is, is you go there... And all of your studies are based around what you want to pursue as a career. So they had electrician, plumber, carpenter, chef. Um, and I think that was it at the time. I think they have more and more options now. Um, but I went into hospitality, so to become a chef. So I left school, went to the technical college, and all of my studies were based around being a chef. So all of the subjects, so like science, math, um, everything like that was just based around the topic of being a chef mm. if that makes sense so a lot of time spent in kitchen a lot of time reviewing um, a lot of experiments a lot of a lot of different things which is quite cool it's an awesome awesome way to learn um, it's very practical it's probably the way you would have learned best or you learn best yeah yeah exactly in in high school yeah I wasn't interested in anything Really? Any of the subjects. I didn't... I wasn't interested in it. And I know society would tell you that you've got to go to school and you've got to complete school and, you know, we all do things that we don't want to do and oh, yeah. blah, blah. How many times have you heard that? Yeah. But it just didn't resonate with me and I just couldn't learn. So when I went to the technical college and I really wanted to learn about something, mm. it's best in the class because it had all my attention. And it was less about memorizing or writing things down. It was more about learning something practical and then trying to perform it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because I wanted to do it, I wanted to learn. Yeah, um, it makes it a lot different. Oh, it was a huge difference. Yeah. It was a huge difference. So I did, I think I was there for about a year before I got an apprenticeship. Not bad. Not bad. Get first, an apprenticeship first one out squeak. of class to get an apprenticeship. First one? Yep. Why? Yep. Why were you the first one? Why didn't someone else do it? They I'm, more not, often. I'm not sure. I think what I was like as a chef, I was I was way more out of the box for a lot. Like what? Let me say that again. What I was like and the way I was portraying my food and even my presentation was a lot different to the other kids in the class. So, for mm -hmm. example, we had a project 
not a project, but we had to go and make a fruit salad, for example. Yeah. And you got based on your presentation. So everyone was, you know, pulling bowls or getting different shaped bowls or plates even or anything like that. Um, but I put mine in a glass, put mine in like a tall champagne glass. Yeah, right. And just cut no it up fruit. nice and... Yeah, no fruit in there. It's like a high-end restaurant. Yeah. You get paid for nothing. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, and mine was the only one in the glass. So things like that just allowed me to get noticed a little bit more, I okay. think. Um, and being a technical college like that, you have a lot of potential employers come around and look at all the students because that's where oh. they go to take you to, to give you an apprenticeship. That's where, oh, that's where okay. they go to get their talent, I guess. Um, so yeah, so I was there for about a year and got an apprenticeship. And where did you get the apprenticeship? Uh, it was a little a local cafe. Yeah, a little family family owned Italian cafe. Oh yeah. Um, I say little, but it was it was pretty big. Like we seated about 150 people, so it wasn't too. It's was a little <laughs> bit bigger than your regular cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all authentic Italian food. Um, everything from like standard cafe food, like your standard chips and schnitzels and stuff like that. Mm. All the way to dinner time, and you get like your fancy Italian meals, like your osso and and all that kind of stuff. So, um, all the ragus and just making all your pasta from scratch with nonna, and, and it was cool. It was really really cool. From scratch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. So I went there, loved it. Start off with obviously that's what I wanted to pursue as a mm. career. Yeah. Um. So when I got the apprenticeship, I was over the moon. Um. And yeah, I did that. And yeah, and then just sort of left that as well and changed the direction again. So how long were you in? Did you, so you finished your apprenticeship? No, no. How many years did you do that? Yeah, did three years. Oh my, you waited all three years and yeah. you even get a card to say that yeah. you did Yeah, it. this is something that I used to do all the time as a kid. Um, I actually undertook two apprenticeships. I didn't finish either of them. Um, yeah, looking back at it now, even if I was to finish it, I wouldn't be going back in the industry. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me. It's, for you, it wasn't your lifestyle yep. that you wanted, your, yep. you know, what you wanted to fulfill and stuff like that. So after apprenticeship, you then moved on to another job, obviously. Was it in hospitality again? No. No? Completely different. Oh my God. Completely different. <laughs> so left the hospitality industry and I went into mechanical fitting. Mechanical? Yeah, mechanical fitting. So we used to make um, transport vehicles for the Defence Force. So you say they could uh, transport all their tanks, armour tanks and stuff. We would actually make the trucks from scratch. Um, and you didn't die in that. That would have nah. been a killer job now. Yeah, looking back at now, like hindsight, uh, that was... That was a good job. Oh, really? You learn a lot. Learn a lot of um, life skills in that job for sure. But again, it didn't didn't sit with me. How long did you do that for then? Two and a half. Two and a half years. So they were, were what? Five and a half years out of school. Yep. And you've done two apprenticeships and you haven't even finished one of them. Yep. How did you feel after your second apprenticeship? What did you... And then you moved on to another job. What was that? A forklift job, eh? Yep. <laughs> it's all over the joint, eh? 
I think it just goes to show you my mindset. Yeah. Back what do you then. reckon your mindset was back then? I had no no clue. Yeah, no clue. I had no idea wanted. what I wanted to do. Yeah. Who I was as a person. Um, I had no idea. And I think that's reflective of, of my resume. <laughs> Reflection of your resume. So you went forklift driving. Um, obviously, that would have been decent money for the time it was. You know, around you, well, you're on an apprenticeship. Mm. You know, apprenticeship wage compared to a forklift driver is like plus $10 more. Yeah. You know, that would change everything. So yep. you're getting more income coming in. What? So how long did you do that for and what were you doing in that stage? Like? Forklift driving? Yeah. Forklift driving is... So forklift driving is a qualification, so you can basically have to take that anywhere. It's mm. one thing that I actually completed and got my forklift license. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So I did that from a few different companies. Um, yeah, it wasn't just one company. There was pr- oh, okay. probably would have been five, five different companies that I did forklift driving. Um, a few of them were glass. It's like glass. forklift driving um, and like your goods that you were moving around was glass. Uh, another one was like wine, wine bottles. The other one was just like your general goods, like pallets and, and stuff like that. And then the other one, the most recent one, hair care products. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hair care yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually moved from just a regular forklift driver, pick and packer to a warehouse manager. Um, That's right. For, for part of their Where company. Managed, yeah. So, I, yeah, so it sort of went a little bit more responsibility in that side, which was cool. And then, yeah, that was the time of life where everything changed. Everything changed. Yeah, that's when I got really sick. Yes, the you know, autoimmune yep. and stuff like that. Yeah. That changed a lot of. I didn't know this podcast was going to be all about me. Well, wouldn't get to me, huh? <laughs> Don't you worry. My story is just as magical as yours. Okay, I look forward to it. <laughs> You've got to wait for it. But auto, um, autoimmune disease, and you were knocked out for about a year. Or was it about six months? In total, it would have been a year's process. So what was, so what started it? The auto, what, what was the sign for you that started it? And then what? What was the outcome from it now, living with it, if you still live with it? So what, tell us about that. Um, Okay, so the first sort of times that I noticed there was something wrong, Mm. uh, and this is probably too much information, but massive gut aches, massive gut aches. Um, Anything that you would eat or that Mm. I ate, I just couldn't digest at all. Oh, right. Um, and then then came like lots of blood. Again, way too much information. Um, but like when you go and taking a shit. Oh, and you okay. Now I'm following up. Yeah. And you can't Which see your shit and all you can see is blood. You're like, all right, something's wrong. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but couple that with like crippling cramps, like stomach oh, okay. cramps. Um, so you've actually had your man period. Yeah, for a very long time. Very long time. No, no weak like the women. No. Men have it worse. Apparently. Men have it way worse. <laughs> um, 
Um, so that was the biggest sign that I was like, fuck, something's wrong. Yeah, for sure. So went to hospital. Well, actually, I think I rang my dad first. Um, and obviously he's like, all right, it's time to go to hospital. So I went to hospital um, and they said they didn't actually know what was wrong because I was oh, I presented with so many different symptoms. Yeah. So obviously I had like the blood, stomach cramps. I had, I was changing color throughout my whole body. So I was going jaundice. I was going super yellow. Um, but along with that, I had rheumatoid arthritis. So I had arthritis through my whole body. Um, and that would migrate from joint to joint yeah. within 24 hours. So like one morning be left ankle, left knee. Next morning be left ankle, left knee, right elbow. Like it would just migrate every day. It'd be something different. Yeah. Um, and there would have been a probably a solid a solid eight months of every day that I was just in pain. Every day. Eight months. Mm. And then you spend a lot of time in hospital. Yeah, well. so spent two and a half months in hospital uh, for them to try to figure out yeah. what was going on. Um, because they treat me for one thing, and it wouldn't be that, get worse. I feel like I was on an episode of House. Really? It was a joke. So when so it took them about two months to figure out what yep. was going on with you. Yep. Um, what is the treatment? What is like what made you like feel better in the long run so their treatment at the time i think it's changed now yeah um was basically a whole bunch of steroids to control the inflammation in the gut just to try to calm everything down as well as trying to treat the cause okay um so i was on a pretty heavy dose of steroids that they don't actually prescribe anymore because it's dangerous um and then i was on dangerous how Dangerous for your life, your body. Like, oh, okay. like the steroids that I was on, um, they're a short period yeah. type of steroid. You're only meant to be on them for a very short amount of time. Like I was on them for eight months. Eight months? Yeah, eight months. How much is a short time though? Like A, a month. Oh, eight months. Yeah. Yeah, I was on, a, on for a very, very long time. Yeah. Because right. it was the only thing that was working. It was oh. the only thing that was controlling all the information yeah but all the side effects of it were crazy it was like translucent skin translucent skin yeah so your skin would be see-through um did you experience that yeah um, what about on your arms all or? arms my back yeah i'd go i drive home from work and i'd scratch my back on the seat yeah and i'd get home and i'd take my shirt off and there'd be like no skin my whole back would just be covered in blood yeah like super frail skin okay uh massive weight gain so i blew out to about 120 kilos jeez um and none of that was muscle (laughs) not not, none of it um so super super unhealthy um so it wasn't the typical steroids that everyone thinks about it gets huge no it wasn't they weren't anabolic (laughs) i fucking wish the opposite (laughs) that's what people think about (laughs) um yeah so that was that and then I had a pretty bad allergic reaction to the medication as well. Uh, So once that everything was happening, I was like 22, 21, 22 at the time. Yeah. Um, I was on 13 different types of medication per day. And at such a young age. Yeah. I feel like an old person. It fucked with my health. 
Yeah, I had my own little pillbox, my own little seven-day yeah. pillbox. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's a big chunk each day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I had yeah. a handful of Skittles and just down. Oh, it's just gross. Um, and then I did that for a while and then I just had enough. So uh, I found a really good doctor. Yep. Um, who actually listened to me and what I wanted okay. and what I wanted to do. Yeah. And he just explained to me that what I wanted and how I wanted to go about feeling better wasn't the best way. Oh, okay. But he would he would support it. Yeah. So my way was basically just throwing my hands up in the air and grabbing all my medication, throwing it in the bin, and just eating clean. Yeah, right. And he said eating clean part is obviously really good, but just going cold turkey off of medication is probably not the best thing cold turkey. that you could do. You um, gradually go down. But I did not listen to him, <laughs> and I just threw all medication out. Oh, I was wow. just sick of it. I was That's a lot of money. Throwing out as well because yeah. the medication's not cheap. Dude, Even I was taking have- like oral medication and enemas and shit. Like, yeah, I was taking everything and none of it was working. None of it. None right. of it was working. Like, it would it would work to a point where I could go out in society and have a job, but the quality of life that I had was shit. Okay, it was shit. So therefore, it wasn't working to me. Yeah. So I just threw it all out. Threw it out. Went vegan. Vegan. Yeah, so I went vegan. Oh for, my god! For a few, I few... can't believe I'm sitting down with vegan <laughs> Um But I didn't do it for the animals or anything like that. I did it to completely reset my body and okay. to completely reset my immune system and try to promote as much gut health as I possibly could. So, what made you? What research made you go vegan? Because um, you would have researched a hell out of it. Yeah, I did. For sure. I did a lot of research. Um, I did a lot of research and a lot of it came back to um, ancestral times and like caveman times. Oh, okay, yeah. And while they did eat a lot of meat, mm. they also ate way more, like a, a, a vast majority of their diet was plant-based. Yeah, and they easy, lived yes, for a very, cool. very, very long time. Yeah. Um, the the hunter gatherer type element I would touch on later, mm. but I just wanted to focus on like a a plant based diet for yeah, the yeah. start, and just try to treat food as a medicine. Yeah, and and see how that would go for me. Because yeah. let's face it, the doctors that I had weren't fucking doing their job. So I'm like, all right, I've got to take take on the responsibility myself yeah, personal responsibility. and just go and just try. And it was the best thing I did because it worked. Because, yeah, and then you do a lot of research and then see a lot of food is um, antioxidants and then nutrient-based mm. and what nutrients you want and stuff like that. You would have yeah. done a lot of research like yeah. certain fruits and mm. stuff like that. So that's why you mostly changed to it. And did you see a positive change? I saw a positive change within my gut health. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nearly instantly. Instantly? Yeah. I would say within a week, okay. I saw a massive change. Yeah. Massive change. Um, and when you're talking about your gut biome and things like that, it takes about 20, they say about 21 days before you see a change. But mine was that jacked up. Within a week, I saw massive changes. Yeah. Massive changes. A better... Better flow, better energy, and stuff like that. Yeah, I had way more energy. 
Um, I had no pain. I had no bloating. My bowel movements were normal. There was no blood. Yeah. yeah. Um, like nothing. Yeah. And I felt, I felt normal again. Yeah. Or tried to try to get that feeling back again. And and this is while you were doing your warehouse managing job, or just moved on from that. When this, this was all while doing that job. Yeah. Yeah. Because you did a lot. It happened a lot. A lot happened during that job. Hey. Yeah. Um, and then you started to get better. Did and then every all your symptoms cleared up. Yep. And how are you living with it today? Um. So before we get to that, um, the doctor that I had. Oh yeah. We had regular check-ins. So every two weeks, I have oh, an appointment. Yeah. Um, to have a have a checkup. Yep. And then every three months, I would do a blood test. Okay. And uh, just that would just make sure we were on the on the right, right track. track. Yeah. Um, and that was super helpful, super helpful. Oh. Um, and that led me to today. Okay. Uh, so it led me to really get to know my body, get to know what I need and what I don't need. Yeah. And what my body thrives off of. Yeah. And now, like, probably what are we? So that was about eight oh, years ago. Yeah, now, eight years. I'm completely in remission. Like I don't take anything. Yeah. I can basically eat what I want now. Oh, okay. Um, so and, you're back on the meat, you're back on anything you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you still find that certain food can flare up some sort of thing or is it just, no, nah, you don't notice anything? Um, sometimes. Okay. But in the same sense i don't think it's the autoimmune disease either oh okay it could be the actual i think food it's just the food yeah. yeah i think it's just the quality of food i think if you eat a lot of well crap as quote unquote yeah you know you will feel crap after mm. like it's just bound bloated you know lack of energy and stuff like that it's not yep. nutrient dense for sure for sure so um but yeah then i stopped being vegan um uh, because i saw I felt like it had done its job. Oh, okay, yeah. And then I, I started to see actually a decline of energy and my mood was going down. Um, I was losing a shitload of weight, not in a good, like, not in a good way either. Okay. Um, so I'm like, all right, my body is now holding on to nutrients better, mm-hmm. but I'm not actually feeding it enough. So now I've got to figure out what it needs. Yeah. So I went on another... another um, what they say? No, not even. Just like another plan, like another road. Oh, okay, yeah. And just going down another road and trying to figure out what worked. And um, so you, after the steroids and stuff you were taking, you obviously blew out to about the one twenty. How many kilos do you reckon you lost with the vegan diet? I got down to seventy-seven. So you're losing fifty kilos. just under fifty kilos. Yeah, and it's just like. That's a lot. And how long was this period? 50 kilos in eight months. Eight months. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. And um, was it like 50 kilos you'll notice on a person? Right? Yeah. Did skin just go back to normal? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or was it stretchy? No. Nah. It was all. No, nah, I went back to normal. Deal. During that time, like I was training. Okay. Um, I was actually starting to be a PT during that time. Okay. Of being so while normal. you were doing your warehouse. Yep. You're doing PT, vegan yep. diet. Yep. Going to all these doctors. So mm-hmm. you had a bit on. Yeah, I had a little bit on the plate. Yeah. Yeah. So now we go into the PT side. Yep. 
what made you go into the PT? Oh, I think it's all connected. I think I think it's all connected. Like, yeah. Um, obviously, it's safe to say that I've done a little bit of research internally yeah. about how important food is and fitness is. Oh, yeah. And I really wanted to help others in that situation. So, in the food and yeah, the next best thing was PT. Yep, um, that would have changed a lot of things with your mm. life, which it has. Um, and that's how we met mm. through your passion and your drive, and you want yep. to help others, um, which we'll touch bases on. But so, what made you so being the vegan and training and stuff like that? That just made you want to do the PT course. What made you link? those two just wanting to help people or was it you can see a way of getting out of the warehousing yeah a bit of both yeah i knew that i didn't want to be in a un- quite quote unquote dead end job yeah for the rest of my life yeah um so i did see it as a way out for yeah. sure but i also knew that i was pretty passionate about it and i'm like all right or let's just go all yeah. yeah, let's just go all in with it. Yeah. And see what happens. All in. So you finish your PT. And uh, I did finish it, yes. You did <laughs> No way. The one thing that you feel one thing that you felt proud to finish yeah. as well. Yeah. I bet. And then um so when did the going to a PT overtake your warehousing job? Did you just say one day I'm quitting warehousing job and going full TT. Or what was the day that you knew you yeah. wanted to make the switch? Yeah. So two months into my PT course, yeah, I got a job. Okay. I already got a job. Whereabouts? At a commercial gym. Oh, commercial gym. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So as soon as I had finished my uh, course, my yeah. certificates, um, I had a job waiting. Oh, okay. So I already already kind of set that up. Yeah. Um. So I knew that once I was qualified. I was done. I was out. I was out of the warehouse game. I was was all in there. Yeah. And so that's a big financial decision. Yeah. What were your living situations at that stage? I was with mum at the time. I was living with mum. And I sort of had a chat to her and told her the road that I wanted to go down. Like any parent, he was, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. Like I was leaving a pretty secure job. For sure. To a world of unsecurity. How did that conversation go down? Um, was it a pretty natural conversation or were you nervous for that? No, nah, it was natural for me. Oh, okay. Because I'd already made up my mind and no oh. one was going to stop me. I would I would have figured it out. Um, but I think, like I was saying, as a parent, I think there's a little worry. There was a little worry. There was a little concern. I'd already been through... A lot, and I'd already gone through a lot of jobs as well. Yeah, yeah. So there was a bit of concern, which was fair enough. Hmm. Uh, but I knew what I wanted to do, and it was going to work. There was no plan B. No plan B. So that's what you kind of live a lot of your life on. I, mm-hmm. And when you got to the PT stage, hey. Yep. Um, I know we've touched bases about this. Um, so when you got into PT... You weren't planning to go back to your warehousing job. So that made it, you had to make, you had to work it out. You had no, what are you going to do? You've got to sort it out. You've got to make things. So you got into this commercial gym. Yep. 
um, job lined up and I know with the I've done my PT and I've done that little bit of life. Um, what was the rent like? So you had to pay rent? Yeah, you're paying uh, just over 300 bucks a week. Yep. Um, but I actually started in a mentorship. Oh, okay. Um, at the start. So yep. my rent was covered. I didn't have to pay rent for oh, okay. a whole year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this mentorship company that I went with, they covered your rent. But they also took a portion. Why am I boring you? No, no, you're not actually. What the fuck? I had a shit night's sleep. <laughs> I had a shit night's sleep, mate. Wow. Wow. No, this is actually interesting because <laughs> you know why it's interesting. Why is that? Because I didn't. I did my PT course, and I got offered a mentorship. Yeah. And I said no to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we, I did that. Um, so the rent was covered, and but like I was saying, they took a portion of your pay. Yeah, and 50%. the more, the yeah, the more, the more sessions you had, uh, the less they took. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like they wanted you to get as as many sessions as you possibly could as quickly as you could. Um. So obviously they could cover your rent. Mm. Um. And do all that. So you did the mentorship. How long were you in mentorship? Just a year? 12 months. Yeah. So, and that was always the deal from the beginning? Yeah. Um, within, let's say, in the three months, let's say three months, start three months, how well were you doing? Pretty Fine. good. You're doing pretty good. Just walked in there and like, I am King Dick and... I didn't have that attitude. What attitude did you go? What mindset then? My mindset was there's no plan B. Yeah. So you're all in. Yeah. Um, being a PT, you, you don't you don't have set hours. No. So you make your own hours, which sounds great, but you've got to you've got to put in the work. Mm. So for myself, I had I was working seven days a week. Okay. I was working every single day, yeah. and I was doing fourteen hour days, and that was a non negotiable. Yeah. Everything else can fit in around that. Yeah. Because there was no plan B of this. This is going to be my life. This is how I'm going to survive. This has to has this has to have my full attention. Okay. So in three months, uh, I was the busiest trainer at the gym and I was booked out. Yeah, right. Booked out is how many sessions? I had 56 face-to-face. In, in three months? Yeah, 56. I had 56 a week Yeah, face-to-face. And 20 online. So I had 76 sessions a week. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that would have been a great finance coming in mm. left, right, and center. Mm. Obviously, the mentorship taking a few dollars off your hand. Mentorship took half. Half? Yeah. So I wasn't getting paid anywhere near as what I could be. Yeah. yeah. After the year finished, were you getting all that money? After the year finished, I was quite tired. Quite tired. I was quite tired um, yeah. doing that many sessions. Okay. So I backed off a little bit. Um, I upped my prices and then I handed off um, some sessions to some other trainers yeah. that were there um, just so I could free up some time for me. Yeah. Work, um, work more around, you know, you can have your proper night's sleep. You can yeah. Have this and that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
See that that's a lot of mentality that do you still bring that mentality into what you're doing today with you know your ventures that you're trying to do as well or is it kind of died off a little bit that mentality because it seems like it died off after you yeah it didn't all in. it didn't die it just no. i was just established yeah and then i started thinking okay what's next okay what am i going to do next yeah so then after the year i actually became a head coach within the mentorship okay so I now had now covering my own rent yeah. and taking all of my pay. Yeah. And they, and I was uh, actually mentoring the new PTs okay. that were coming into the gym. So and that was the next thing for me. And so you back down to what was it? You went from 56 plus 20 yep. online bound to how? I went to 40 and 20. 40 and 20? Yep. So 60 sessions a week. How much, how many sessions did that mentorship take up? Did that take up the extra 16? What do you sessions, mean? Like of your time? Yeah, absolutely. Were you at the gym more? Yeah, way more. Way more with coaching yeah. as a mentorship? Yeah. As a mentor? And there was way more work. Way more work. There was way more work too. Like the the time that I freed up getting rid of the other sessions mm. was taken by being a head coach in the mentorship. Yeah. And there was way more to do. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, there was way more to do. And I wasn't getting paid as much Yeah, as what I was doing before. Just PT. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I was getting paid less and I had less time. And you had less time. So your freedom, your time and stuff like that was... Yeah, it was interesting. How, how many years was that? Oh. Uh, that wasn't long actually because I, I stopped it. So there's probably only six months. Oh, okay. That I did that for. So um, about a year and a half, you had no yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing. No time. Relationships failed because there's no time. Yeah. Um, and like your identity is work. Is work, yeah. You didn't That's have it. no social life, you didn't no. no relationships out of work. Like makes it hard even you're working seven days a week. So mm. you didn't have no weekend or day off. Yeah. Um, if you're sick, you're in the gym and stuff like that. This was pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you moved on to starting your own business after that. Yeah. So, so long PT story. Is their own business, yeah, but, PT is your own business. But uh, so long story short, I did meet someone mm. through through the industry. Yeah. Uh, so we had a lot in common. Our schedules were the same. Um, she had no no plan B either, so she was there all the time. Okay, which was cool. So and we just connected on a on a much deeper level. It wasn't superficial at all. It wasn't all surface. It was quite deep. Yeah. Um, and I was able to have some pretty real and open conversations with another human being that I hadn't had ever. So and that brings you into another topic is like connection and then finding separation between work and yeah law so you had to find that as well mm. for sure so that was a learning curve for you yeah massive um how so she they came in um find someone um how did that change the dynamic of the way you coach in the gym having someone else well when we started getting serious yeah we actually 
combined our two businesses. Oh, so you both your PT businesses were combined. Yeah. 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 So when we actually were running one-on-one sessions, okay. um, we'd be running them at the same time. So it'd almost be like a group session. It'd be a small group session. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then we thought, oh, all of our clients are getting along. Oh. They really like us training yeah. them together. Okay. This could be something. Yeah. And then that's when other things happened as well, yeah. Yeah, so that's when you started. Well, that group fitness, isn't it? Yeah. And you started that at the commercial gym? Yeah. Um, and then we move into that development even more and then you get more people coming along mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How many people did you have coming to these group classes in the commercial gym, in the commercial space? So the biggest class we had was the weekend. Yeah. was the Saturday. And in the commercial space, we would have had at least 20. Oh, wow. And what? In a space of... In a space of probably 30 square meters. <laughs> and no one can move around. They're trying no. to do a lift. And, yeah. yeah, it was very crowded. Yeah. It was very crowded. Lots of complaints. <laughs> Lots of complaints. Yeah, like other other members from the gym. Oh, okay. We just complain all the time. Like, they're too busy. Taking, yeah. Taking all the space. Taking all the space, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we move into, you bought a, you got out of the commercial gym space and you, you rented or leased your own place. Yeah. So we took a pretty big step Yeah. of moving out of the commercial gym and going into a commercial lease to start our own gym. Yeah. So that was and, the next thing that we did. And that's how we actually met. Yeah. Um, you took over, uh, another gym owner. And you bought yourself into it. You bought all the gear and stuff like that. So you had all the gear. And no idea. idea, (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) And then you just brought in your expertise. Also with your PT as well, you had all different um, qualities, um, different, uh, what do you call it? You went out and learnt more. Mm. You weren't just a PT. No. So what else did you learn to get you into the business side? into the space that you had as far as like how did we self-educate to go into the the gym yeah to owning our own gym yeah um we didn't do a lot really no i thought we had a few yeah we did other courses and we did other certificates and things like that but there was there's no prerequisite of a minimum education level to own a gym oh yeah like you can go out and buy a gym if you want. Yeah, true. Like you don't need a prerequisite. We did do we did do other study. Like we did um, some ASCA and some CrossFit courses and and things like that. But and just some more like I was really interested or getting really interested in like prehab and um, fascia and manipulation of the body and and going through all that. So I was really getting into that. So did a few courses around that. And but as far as what did what did we do to get into the gym? Nothing. Like we didn't do anything. We just we just had a, a large business mm. in a commercial gym that we needed to move. Yeah, <laughs> and it was just a good opportunity at the time. A business was was up for sale, and we just jumped on it. Yeah, and that came with all the members. Yeah, it came like with more that. members, and yeah, um, we had people already established there, like myself. Yep. I was there before you came in. Um, and then now you've got this your own space. You've got this space you have to clean every day. 
coach out of basically living as well, just like a second home. Mm. Um, how was in the first three months? How did you feel personally about where you were in life, where you were in financially or career based? How did you feel in the first three months? I felt good. Yeah, yeah, we felt good. Um, but it was very short lived. Yeah. Yeah. After that, you quickly realize how much fucking work mm. it is. Having your own gym. It's a lot of work, dude. Yeah. It's a lot of work. You are everyone. Okay. You have to wear so many hats. Yeah. You have to make sure everything is in order. Okay. You have to make sure equipment is up to a standard because it's getting fucking hammered every day. Oh, okay. Um, the bathrooms are clean. The toilets are clean. Yeah. The kitchen's clean. The fucking floor is like, you got to do everything, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just on a surface level. But then you got to go and make sure the back end of your business is clean as well. Like doing all of your, your tax work and your income. Oh, okay. And doing all of that. And then you got to make sure your fucking drink fridge is stocked up. And you got to make sure you can, you got internet that's working really well. And you yeah. got a, you got a, a training software that works well. And like, then you got to deal with, the 120 plus personalities that you see in on a daily basis, like it was stressful. So on the back end, you talked about taxes and you talk about bills and stuff like that. Did you, was it pretty easy to transform that from the PT side from the PT? Cause you would have had to do taxes and stuff like that. Was yeah. It easy to change, like just switch over to the business to commercial lease that side. Yeah. It was, it was pretty Easy. It was just it was just PT, but on a larger scale. Yeah, on a, a huge, story, but yeah, long, a much much larger scale. Yeah, and you're dealing with a little a different a different group as well. Like you're not just dealing with the personal training manager. You're now dealing with the owner of the building and the real estate agent. Okay. So you're dealing with different people. Yeah. Um. The biggest thing we had to educate ourselves on was the commercial lease side of things. Okay. Yeah, and that was a fucking nightmare too. So that is a nightmare? Still a nightmare? <laughs> still a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah, really? Still a nightmare. He's still trying to sort that out. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and then you were there for a good amount of time. Yeah, we were there for 12 months. Like 12 months, still a long time. You know, you're in a space, you got used to the space, I guess. You know, and then... um. A lot happened in that 12 months, mm. for sure. Like, I saw the progression in you guys, you know, coming from fresh coming in, you know, staying humble and stuff like that. And then going on the back end of it, it's stressed out. Mm. You know, what can we do? What's the other option? So on the back end, you obviously had to uh, end that commercial lease um, and then move out. Yeah. How was... How do you reckon you handled that personally, like mentally, oh. emotionally, and stuff like that? Uh, it was rough. Rough? It was real rough. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't just me that was involved in it. It was yeah. it was my partner as well. Like partnership. She's my she's my business partner, but she's also my life partner. Exactly. And it was really hard. Um, really, really hard. Because for us we were just involved in the business and our relationship was business only. 
Okay. Even when we'd got home, it would just be business. That's it. Like we wouldn't really have a relationship anymore. Oh, okay. So it was, we took it hard. It was like really, really hard. Um, Trying to separate it, but you couldn't separate it. Yeah, you couldn't. At home, it is your law. Yeah. As gym, it is personal law. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big change in life, big change in what you had to do, the big stress, moving out and stuff like that. Um, and now you're in this different place, another space which you're sharing, which is which we still go to. I go train with you. I pay you. <laughs> you know, this is weird. <laughs> you know, the weird relationship we've got. I have to pay you money, and you don't. <laughs> you just give me free PT. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Um, how did that move go for business? So that move was big. That yeah. Was, you didn't know it was going to happen? No, we didn't. Um, so that was never an option for us at the start. Yeah. We were always just going to close. We were just going to shut doors because of all the shit that happened with the commercial lease. Yeah. Um, and it was looking like we had no other option Yeah. Uh, other than to shut. But we were given an, another option, which was awesome. Um so we got to go into a space, create our own space. It was closer to home um, and it was really, really cool. So we got given that. It was almost like a, a restart, like a fresh start. Mm. That's what it was like. Um, and now like looking back at it of how everything has panned out. Yeah. It probably just allowed us to continue on a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Move on. Continue. Yeah. It actually uh, gave us time to figure out what we wanted. Okay. In the interim, it was like an in, it's an interim thing. Yeah. Like it's just something that's happening now. It's okay. not a forever. Yeah. Uh, forever outcome, but it did give us the time and did give us the opportunity to figure out what we want to do. Yeah. And what have you figured? So now we're in present day. What have you figured present out in day. business? Sorry. So in business, yeah. What was why question? have you figured out? Like it's just going. You're you're sharing the commercial lease. You're happy with this space, or you're content with this space, or if you know, like you when you did that year of PT under the mentorship, you were like, "What's next? Are you at that stage again?" Yeah. And what's next? Yeah, what's we're at. Well? What the fuck's next? Yeah. Uh, we need. Something. I've done this. What's what's next? Yeah. Yep. Um. So I'm 30 years old now. And I've never been outside of Australia. I've been to Perth. Yeah. Twice. Twice. That's it. That's it. And that wasn't for a holiday. That was for work. What work? Uh, we just did some some labouring work over there for oh. a few months. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been everywhere. Um, everywhere. Well, literally haven't been anywhere. Yeah. Um, So I'm 30 years old now. haven't been fucking anywhere. And Cass and I haven't had a holiday together. So we're we're like, fuck it. Let's go on a holiday. Yeah. So there we are. We go to Bali uh, in, fuck, four weeks. It's very close. Four weeks, four or five weeks. We're off to Bali. Yeah. And we're there for nearly a month. So that'll give me some time to figure out what we do next. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Obviously, mm. 
it's exciting time, but also nerve-wracking because you need you need a, f- a few things. You, obviously, we need money to live. Mm. We need to... Unfortunately. Um, we need to make sure that we're actually feeding our bellies, make the hearts. Have you ever been stressed about that? Oh, every day, dude. Every day? Every day. Who yeah. fucking doesn't stress about money? Oh, and people say, you know, you need money to be kind of happy as well. Like, the people that know. say money can't buy happiness are fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry if that they. offends anyone, but people that say that money can't buy happiness are fucking idiots. Because I see money as buying experiences. Exactly. You know, you, you, you need money to pay for a PT. You need money to go on a holiday. Money is everything. You need money to buy a car so you can drive somewhere. Money's everything, man. Like, like we live in a society now where money is driven on everything. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Without money, we've got nothing. Yeah, man. So I'm in the same boat as that. I believe you need money to buy experiences which make us happy. Um, a lot of people that don't need money to do experiences, yeah. But you need money to travel to those experiences. Like mm. you might like hiking, but you need the clothes to go, or the shoes to go. You can't yeah. just go. At naked. some point, there's always a money. There's always a money to a transaction. Yeah. For you to be there or yeah. something. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, money, money's everything. Yeah. And I think always stressing about money. So you're always stressing about money. You got barley coming up. You got no money. Yeah, so fuck broke or barley like. <laughs> Yeah. What are you gonna do? What are we doing with our lives? And um, so the plan is possibly move over there, enjoy your life over there, or see how it is with this. You know, going yeah, I'm just gonna mind. just go there and see, and just yeah. see how it is. It um, might not be the space, but it, it well, might go there and go. I hate this place. Yeah, I don't think I will. I've done a lot of research. Yeah, um, research but- fanatic. But yeah, man, I'll just go there, treat it as a, a massive holiday mm. and and just see what comes next. And that's going to be a big stepping stone. Like, yeah. the, you know, stepping out of the warehousing into PT and stepping out of the commercial gym into your commercial leasing um, of space. Like, you're not low on experiences. No. You know, of change and, you know, experiences as well. So... But with the Bali, what's the goal when you go over there? Obviously, the goal is to check everything out. And that is that the way you want to go with the yeah. Bali side? Yeah, just check it all out. See yeah. what's there. See what's available. Yeah. Um, be a tourist for a few days. But then, you know, I want to see what the locals are doing. I want to see what, what that life is all about. Yeah. Um, you see on YouTube all the time the best of the best bits of Bali. I think that's pretty standard anywhere, but yeah. I want to go and experience their culture. Okay. You know, like I don't want to live in the slums, but at the same time, I want to hang around the locals. Yeah. You know, because that's that's the only way you get a really true representation of what a place is like. Yeah. The stuff that tourists go and do, they're made for tourists. They're made yeah. for you to go and have a good time. Yeah. So you look back on your experience and go, wow, that place was great. And then you can go back and spend more fucking money. Right? Exactly. Doesn't give you a true representation of what the place is like. And then we we talk about Bali a lot and culture and stuff like that. What made you 
choose barley over another. Oh, I just think straight off the bat, like it's it's just very cheap. Cheap. It's just affordable. Like oh. affordable. Go back to the the question about stressing over money, mm. dude. We're in Australia. It's like the most expensive place to live. No, oh, no. Living you know, standard. It's you know. just ridiculous. Um, yeah. Go to Bali. You live like a king. You're king for the money that we're yeah king. renting for or whatever, or your mortgage payment. For. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But I'm keen. I'm keen to go. I'm yeah, so you're coming look, over. I'm keen. You're to coming live over. Like a king. Fuck, you got a, four extra days with me. Fuck's sake, man. Why do you have to spend that? <laughs> How much money you want to spend? I'm hoping to spend like as little money as possible. Yeah. Um. I know there's like the local Wurungs that are over there, which is just authentic food. Okay. Like their their cuisine. Uh, and you pay like three, four dollars for the meal and it's like this big, dude. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like a buffet. It's just a buffet. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because obviously um, we'll go over there and, you know, accommodation, stuff like that. We'll, hopefully we'll live a bit like kings over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll, we'll, when you come over, we'll, we'll get the villa and. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll live. Fuck yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not saying we're going to beg. Hopefully you won't cheap out on me. Nah, no, no, no. Like we'll go and we'll live for sure. Absolutely. You can go to the backpackers thing when you're yeah. not there. Then when I get there, you can go to the luxury <laughs> and you're going to take all your photos. Um, um, yeah. So you're coming over eight for eight days. Eight. Oh, no. Six days. Six days. Yeah. Six, like six days. From Friday to the Thursday. So yeah, six days. Awesome. Awesome. Also now you're we're talking about different ventures and stuff like that. You're taking on photography. Yeah, a little bit of a hobby. Um, it is a bit of a hobby. It's a bit, it's a different. Mm. You know what made you decide going to photography? Just it, I think for me, photography allows it's a it's a pathway for me that allows me to experience a different world and just to see things as fucking corny as this is going to sound through a different lens. Yeah. Like I was so caught up for three, four years of just no plan B, no stopping to appreciate what you've done, no acknowledgement of what you've done. And basically just not, not slowing down at all and just go, go, go. But when it comes to photography, I feel like it forces you to slow down. If that makes sense. Like when you're doing photography on your own and you're not doing it as a job and it's a hobby, it connects you back to what you're looking at. No, the experience that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say, for example, I'm taking a photo of a sunset or something. For me, it connects me to that way more than just looking at it. Okay. Because then I can always look back at it. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, it's going well, actually. I like it. It's going pretty good. And you've done a couple of sessions, you know, with your partner and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we've gone on a few photo shoots and, yeah. A few locations and stuff like that. Obviously, they can check that out on Instagram and stuff like that. What else? You know, we're starting this as well. Oh, that's a big adventure as well. Yeah, I don't um, know how this is going to... I don't know how this is going to go. This is going to work. But we'll get there. Um, what made you decide podcasting? Well, I watch enough of them. Oh, you got the YouTube and stuff like that, and listen to them as well, obviously. So why not start one? Yeah. I'd like to say it costs nothing to start. Nah. But it fucking did it. (laughs) 
No, it did it not. It fucking did not. It did not. It cost way more than what I fucking thought. Yeah. I just think, it, same as photography, like when you're sitting down and you're talking to someone, even if it's being recorded <coughs> through audio visual, but you're, you're present. Mm. I'm not thinking about anything else right now, but this conversation. Yeah. And that's really, really cool to have that platform have to, to do that. Yeah. But you also don't know if your story resonates with someone else out there. Okay. So one other person might resonate or might resonate with 100 million people. We don't you know. don't know. like, And if it helps one person, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm happy to you know, explain a bit more about stories. Like we just got the short end of the mm. story. Who you know, it might have been, you know, a period of time, but you know, that's thirty years yeah. in one conversation is is a lot more. Oh yeah, there's way more to it. There's like, probably a lot that I've forgotten. Yeah. As well. Like um, your thirty years of experience you're gonna forget a lot. Mm. Um, I'm only what, twenty four and I've forgotten everything. Mm. You know. But yeah, it's been an interesting venture. Yeah, man, it's been full on. But I'm um, looking forward to what we've got on next. Looking forward to any projects that we create yeah. uh, together as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like just always trying to look forward and just keep going. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's wrap this one up. All right, man. For well, an education bloke. We all learn about Scott. Can, well, yeah, fucking hell. I didn't realize it was going to all be all about me. Yeah, but we've got to learn about the man. As you can probably see, if you are listening, if they are fucking watching this, yeah, super uneducated, hence the name. Clearly uneducated, uneducated. blokes. We don't know nothing. No we just fuck gonna talk all. smack. Just gonna talk shit. <laughs> Sometimes it might be like this. It might be a little bit about life. Yeah, and and I, but other times it might be you know a little bit more comedic. As I think, well, I think we got to go into that right hand, left hand thing, but. That's for another day. <laughs> we'll, we'll, work, we'll work that one out in there. I well. reckon we will. Um, we'll but yeah, I don't know how to sign this off. Done? Chopped. Drop the thing. <laughs> Done. <laughs> for the whole city. Yeah, I got him rocking with me. I bet on me and my team.